you can give me a ho 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 on hey faith sailor go ahead okay <laughs> i can can i uh, all right can you yeah. Ho, ho, ho! I'm Faith Saley, and you're entering a world gone good. Hey, I'm Jillian Clare, and you're entering a world gone good. Hi, I'm Laura Grablutz, and you're entering a world gone good. Hi, I'm Crystal Carson, and you're entering a world gone good. Hi, I'm Dave Humphreys, and you're entering a world gone good. Was that good? I'm using that one, no question. Happy holidays to you from all of us at World Gone Good. And by all of us, I mean, well, me, Steve, because that's pretty much all of us. What's the best gift you can get a podcast? Why, listening, of course, and sharing, and subscribing, and rating, and reviewing. You are pretty much getting a deal, because that's like three less gifts than you'd have to get me for Hanukkah, and seven less gifts than you'd have to get me for the 12 days of Christmas. That's the deal. Come on now. So (laughs) thank you to all of you who have done any and all of those things so far. And if you feel like doing one or all of them again, go for it and jingle all the way as you do. Today, I've got a special show for you. I've gathered some of my favorite good elves who are here to share some holiday good. So let's rip off the bow and tear into the wrapping and get this gift-giving goodness started. Can I get a ho-ho-ho? I'll wait. Do it. Hey, cool, thanks. Okay, our first good elf is my pal, Jillian Clare. Now, you definitely need to check out Jillian's podcast, Thanks for Coming In, where she and fellow actors share their stories of that one big role that got away. You can find Thanks for Coming In, same place you found this podcast, wherever you like to podcast. Now, what Jillian will be sharing with us right now is, well, I don't want to ruin it for you. Let's just say... She had a little secret for Santa? Ten years ago, exactly, uh, after I had turned 18, my birthday's in July, um, I got a tattoo. And my mom went with me, and she knew about it, obviously, because she was there, and she was excited. But we had made a pact not to tell my father, because he was not a tattoo supporter by any means. Um, and I got it in a place, it's kind of like a Lindsay Lohan type of tattoo. You know, it's on my lower back to the right. So you're not really going to see it. It's like a classy trap stamp. <laughs> you're not going to see it unless like I pull my pants down or like I pull them up or, you know, something happens with my shirt. So I had gone from July to December hiding this tattoo. It was awesome. Dad never found it. And then Christmas morning, we have this like iron, uh, what do you want to call it? Iron piece of art on the wall. And that's what held our Christmas stockings. And so I was reaching up to bring the stockings down so that we could all start opening the stockings and the presents. And as I reached up, my pants came down a tiny bit. And I went to go pull them back up. You know, it's like pajama pants. They fall down. I went to go pull them back up. And my dad just said, what the hell is that? And I froze. And I was just like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. What do I do? 
what do I do? What do I do? And I didn't like I didn't move for a solid 30 seconds because I just did not know how to respond. And I just didn't say anything. And I ran to my room and I texted my best friend and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My dad found my tattoo. My dad found my tattoo. What do I do? What do I do? And she was like, abort, abort, abort. And so I'm in my room, like freaking the hell out. And my mom just says to my dad, well, what do you expect her to tell you? You know that she, you'd get mad at her. And he just goes, well, I don't know. And they just get into like a little bit of a, a kerfuffle. And then I come back out and nothing has ever said again. He doesn't ask me what the tattoo is. He doesn't look at it. He just completely moves on. But that was Christmas morning 10 years ago. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Okay, a couple questions. First yes. of all, can we ask what is the tattoo? Uh, yeah, it's um, it's a quote from Rent. It says, no day but today. Um, and it's it's really pretty. It's written in cursive. It's it's small. It's not very large. Um, and I've gotten tattoos since then, but it was my first one. <laughs> That's that. Okay. That I like that. that. Well, I mean, I'm gay, so it's musicals and I'm happy. Okay. <laughs> so what happened next? I mean, like what, like, how did we, did we just like start opening gifts? Was there yeah. cocoa? Oh, yeah. No, like on. it was just like, I came back out of my room cause my mom had eventually texted me like, it's fine. Come on out. And I came back out and it was as if nothing happened. My dad never asked questions about it again. I don't think he even really knows when I got it. Like I got it two or three days after I turned 18. I don't think he knows when I got it. He definitely doesn't know like how I got it, where I got it, like what studio I went to, nothing about it. He just decided to just like not ever think about it again. <laughs> it's pretty funny because <laughs> I have like, I think I have four tattoos now. And a follow up to that story is that a few years after that incident, I convinced my mom to get a uh, matching tattoo with me. Ooh. And again, for months, my dad did not realize that my mom had a tattoo on her ankle and that I also Wait, had the what? same tattoo. I know it's amazing. And one day he notices it while they're coming in the door from like out shopping or something. And she just goes, well, Jillian made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like this constant thing in my family where I'm just like this bad person for having tattoos and making my mom get them too. <laughs> please, please, please write and star in a Hallmark movie called The Christmas Tattoo. <laughs> My next good elf comes to us all the way from my hometown of Randolph, New Jersey. It's Laura Grablitz. Well, to be honest, we both grew up there, both moved away, but you get the point. Laura was in my sister's class. Um, I think I'm seven years younger, so I guess seven years ahead. But here's Laura's family story of what Christmas means to them. So I grew up in a uh, the oldest child of five kids, and we're pretty spread out, so my uh, third sibling, um, my sister, was about six years younger than me. And I remember one day we came home from church and we were probably making lunch or something. Everybody always um, came together in our kind of big kitchen. And I remember I, Jennifer and I were both standing at the counter and um, she started asking questions. And as she did this, she got sort of more and more agitated. And the first question she asked was, so Jews don't believe in Jesus, right? And I looked at her a little funny and I said, well, thinking that she heard this at Sunday school, I said, well, it's, it's not that they don't believe in him. They believe he lived, but they don't believe that he was the savior or the son of, of God, like 
Christians do, like we Catholics do. And so she kept questioning and picking at this and getting more and more agitated about this information that she couldn't quite process. And um, finally, she got to the, the question at heart, and she said, well, if Jesus isn't their Savior, who is? And I said, well, they're still waiting for the Savior to arrive. And very loudly, she blurted out, what are they waiting for? Christmas? And she didn't even realize what she had said, but everybody in the room just cracked up like crazy. And my parents were rolling their eyes and we just never let her forget that story. I was going to say, is that like a family legend now? Does that come up in (laughs) other venues, genres, family events? It does. It's sort of like the punchline to a lot of conversations that come up. (laughs) What are they waiting for? Christmas? (laughs) Does she remember saying it? She remembers everything. <laughs> she has a photographic memory and she remembers everything. And she actually admitted that she had no, like she didn't know what was coming out of her mouth and um, realized like how funny it was later. Um, at the time though, she just didn't understand what we were all laughing about. <laughs> my next good elf is my good friend and fellow podcaster, Dave Humphreys, or as I call him, Dave don't even go there. You don't even want to know why I call him that. I don't know why either. I just do. Listen, Dave is the co-host of the podcast Cinema Craptaculous, where they say a bad movie is just as hard to make as a good one, just a lot easier to make fun of. It's a fun and wrong show that you should check out. I did and was part of myself for a while there. Anywhere you pod, just like you're podding right now, check out Cinema Craptaculous. Now, Dave is, yeah, I did it again, is here to prove he's not just a good elf. No, he's an angel. So, Dave, it's the holiday season and hoop dee doo and diddly dee and all that. Now, uh, we talk about good things here, and you have a potentially good or interesting or hilarious, I'm going to leave it up to you, holiday story. <laughs> it's an, I, I would say it's a good thing. It's, um, you know, my family had this tradition that we called angels. Uh, we had a large family. Um, I was young, the youngest, and I had four older sisters, and then there was my mom and dad. So there, there were seven of us, which uh, was probably an undue burden on everyone at Christmas, trying to get everyone, you know, a Christmas gift. So what we did uh, was called angels, and it's like Secret Santa, but... Um, but we didn't call it that at Thanksgiving. What we did, we drew every uh, names from a hat and the name you drew was the person who you were an angel to. And uh, so from Thanksgiving to Christmas day, you had to be nice to that person and also get them like one big gift. I think it was like $25 or something, which, you know, back in the eighties and nineties was a significant amount. Um, you could buy two loaves of bread and a gallon of gasoline. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, uh, the thing was, was from that time period, Thanksgiving to Christmas, we, as kids, we'd all try to figure out who was whose angels. And we like have the diagrams and we'd be uh, inquiring of each other, you know, investigating, uh, it was really like you could have done a serial podcast on our investigations onto who had who uh, as an angel. And one of the big reasons 
we did this at least i think now i don't know maybe for maybe it was just me um in a world of crazy in my own world of crazy but we were all, always trying to figure out who dad had because whoever dad was an angel to was guaranteed probably the best gift there was um and i uh I always dreaded having getting dad because you never knew what to get him. You know, it was uh, inevitably, I think it was always ties and, and my dad liked ties. He wore ties, but who wants to get a fucking tie for Christmas? <laughs> um, so, uh, but like if dad got you, that was like winning the lottery. I remember one year I was really into Kurt Vonnegut. And I just asked for the Kurt Vonnegut library. It was like 1993, 94. And dad got me and I got every single book in the Kurt Vonnegut library up to that point. Um, and I would say after that point, there probably wasn't much worth reading of Kurt Vonnegut's. And that's a lousy thing to say. You know, God that's another podcast in time. Yeah, that's another, it's like <laughs> <laughs> we hate Kurt post-1994. That's my new podcast. Uh, more like Vana not. Uh, so but... I'll edit that. I'll edit that. <laughs> Do you think that your mom came up with this to make you guys stop being dicks? I think she added that part to it. I think my my sister came up with it so she didn't have to buy it because my sister was smart that way. Oh, she, yeah, yeah. She was strategic and she was like, I don't want to buy gifts for all these drooling monsters. So what if we do angels? And my mom probably came up with the idea of uh, everyone has to be nice to each other uh, so that you could, so that, that, so that she could get some rest really, you know, I'm surprised it wasn't like, okay, this is your angel and you have to be quiet. (laughs) Quiet angels. (laughs) Yeah. Be quiet angels. (laughs) My next good elf is a returning one. She's my good friend from CBS's Sunday Morning, Faith Saley. Faith was my first ever guest ever on this podcast. And if you haven't listened to that show, well, make it your New Year's resolution and jump on in and on it after finishing this one. Here's Faith telling holiday tale of speaking with the big man himself before the big day on the 25th. At the end of 2009, I was fairly freshly divorced. I was 38. I very much wanted to become a mother, uh, no, no matter how. And wow, that sounds, that sounds racy. Um, (laughs) and my brother, I was in New York city where I live now. And I had also broken up with a, a boyfriend that I had, um, during, my separation from my very long separation from my husband. And so I was single and I was childless and it was Christmas and my brother and his husband were visiting me and it was Sunday night at like, I don't know, seven o'clock. And they said, let's go visit Santa at Macy's. And I had never been, I had never, I mean, you know, th- that is the Santa at Macy's is the quintessential Santa to visit. Right. Right. And so they just decided this. We looked up really quick and quickly and found out that, you know, we had like an hour to get there before before Santa Land shut down. So we hop on the subway 
and we get there and there's nobody there. And it's like the three of us, you know, late 30 somethings rushing through, breathlessly rushing through Santa land. The elves looking at us like, uh, where are your children? Did you forget your children? Um, and so there's no line. We go in, my brother and brother-in-law sort of um, each take one of Santa's knees and Santa says, uh, you know, what Santa looks very confused and wants to know what he can give them for Christmas. And they say, we would like to have a baby. And Santa looks at me. <laughs> like, Do you think you could help out? And and I just I just kind of nodded my head. I didn't I didn't ha- I didn't want to go into it. And then it was my turn. And I sat on Santa's lap and I said, I, too. <laughs> I'd like to have a baby. And so I think Santa was just like, why don't these three people figure it out among them? Um, and I also said to Santa that I would like to um, ideally like to find a, a, a wonderful man with whom to have a baby or I'd just like to become a mother. So that's the end of 2009. I'm telling you all that because... By the spring of 2010, my brother and brother-in-law called me and and they had, on my birthday, they found out that their daughter was born and they adopted their daughter. So I was like, okay, this, this Santa thing is working. And by five years later, so by December 2014, I not only had a wonderful husband, I had a little boy and I had a baby girl. And... It, my my son Augustus was two and a half, and um, my my husband is Jewish, and we had decided to raise our kids Jewish. Now I'm not Jewish, and I w- don't want to convert and don't plan on converting. So to those of you who say, "Well, your kids aren't really Jewish," I say, "I gave you my son's foreskin. What more do you want?" <laughs> and I'm telling you, Steve, have you ever been to a bris? I had one, so yes, I was there. <laughs> have you been to one since? Yes, I have. They're just bris. no. Let's not. Even, we're talking holiday right now. We're not getting into brisk talk. Go ahead. Continue. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, um, so I wanted to raise our kids Jewish, and I was very. I've been very happy in my marriage to have married someone who also embraces, um, my you know, Christian family holidays. So, so we kind of do it all. And, and I thought, you know what, my son's old enough. He's two and a half. This is the year I'm going to take him to visit Santa at Macy's. And I decide to invite my mother-in-law who is for sure Jewish. And, um, and I can't make this into a story of like her disapproving. She was totally for it and ended up telling me that she used to take my husband when he was a kid. So I guess it's more of a New York thing than a Gentile thing. So so we take my son and he's in his little plaid pants and his red sweater. And back then he used to talk like the late Sean Connery. Like he always added a Deschamps to his eshes. So I, I, have, I have this video of bringing him in to see Santa. And Santa's like, what's your name? And he's like, Augustus, uh, Merry Christmas. And um, my son stands in front of Santa and decide he's like look at my boots and then he lifts up one leg and he says i can balance and then he says my mommy wears mascara on her eyes and he starts 
he starts talking about how he doesn't wear mascara and how much mascara I wear. And Santa's going along with this. And then Augustus sits on his lap and I, I forget what he wanted for Christmas, but it was a very sweet moment. And my Jewish mother-in-law was there. So as we're leaving, I've just had this amazing experience, like bonding with my Jewish mother-in-law, bringing my half Jewish son to meet Santa for the first time. And Santa leans over and he said, are you Faith Saley? <laughs> I said, yes. And he's like, I really like your work. Aww. And I, I know. And I said, and you know, he, he was discreet because he didn't want my son to hear. And I said, Santa, I really like your work too. And I just, I just love that story because it, two things. One is I am really proud of how my we family has navigated, you know, having two religions at work or, or I really should say like two, two cultural histories. Right. And, um, and secondly, you know, it really goes to show you how much, like, don't be afraid of good news. You know, how, how I, even though I wanted desperately what I asked Santa for on his lap as a single lady in 2009, I could have never predicted that five years later, I would have so much more than I even knew to ask for. Faith does not even realize how perfectly she just segued us into our musical surprise. You're welcome. You heard a little snippet of it at the top of the show. Here's the full song with lyrics by Jim Ansar, Joel Benjamin, and Brett Silverman, and music by Brett Silverman. This is Two Holidays from the Paisley Sisters Christmas Special. with the Christians, Hanukkah with the Jews. When asked, what do you celebrate? You don't know what to say. Don't get into a sorry state. Just think of it this way. Jolly days, you get to have them. 
Silverman sounds vaguely familiar. It's because we shared a bunk bed for a few years there. He's my older brother. And you can get the full info on the show, the Paisley Sisters Christmas special, by visiting paisleysisters.com. Our final good elf is actually somebody who was the first person I ever met when I moved to Los Angeles right out of college in 1992. My good elf friend Crystal Carson was then playing leading lady Julia Barrett on the daytime drama General Hospital. Nowadays, Crystal is an acting coach with her own company, Auditioning by Heart. This story you're about to hear is proof that holiday magic does happen. When I was seven years old, my father died of osteosarcoma, and I was the eldest of at the time, four kids. And um, I was seven, my young, next youngest sister. So she would have been about to turn six. And my brother was four and the other brother was two. And my dad worked for the, um, the Omaha World Herald. And he was, he worked in Lincoln and we would pick up the papers at the train station when they came in from Omaha and then deliver the bundles to all the paper boys. And then they would go out and deliver them and any extra routes we would deliver. So it was a, it was definitely a family affair, but um, when he suddenly passed away from this cancer, just my mom is a wreck. He died in January. And by the time we were headed for Christmas, um, Mom had had to figure some things out. And my mom, though, you have to understand, as devastated as she was, she would refuse to take any kind of welfare or any kind of help from anyone. So she was saying how important it was at Christmas time. Um, since we were kind of, there was a big snowstorm coming, we were all going to kind of be locked down. Um, she was just thrilled, of course, to have her family around her. But at the same time, she knew that there was kind of nothing under that tree. And my mom was feeling much more um, upset, I guess, that we weren't going to have any Christmas presents because she knew that once this snowstorm lifted, we were going to go and get this big onslaught of family in Spalding and all the cousins would be there and they would all be talking about what they got for Christmas and that we wouldn't really have anything to talk about. So we're having dinner 
And uh, my sister Cheryl remembers that we heard something on the roof. And we're like, what was that? So there's this knock at the door. And we, my mom is a little freaked out by it because we're not expecting anybody. And she had two thoughts go through her head. She thought, oh, great. This is going to be one of our relatives show up and we don't have enough food for them. And then her second thought was, could somebody be caroling? And if so, do I have to invite them in for hot chocolate? We only had enough for us. <laughs> so she's like, let's not answer the door. <laughs> and of course, we're like, are you crazy? It's Santa or whatever. I don't remember what, what we thought it was. But we went to answer the door and opened up the door. And there is this huge... I mean, like Grinch that sold Christmas size bag of toys on the front porch. And I mean, in my memory, it was so big. And I asked mom about it today and she was like, there wasn't just one bag. There was several bags. It was like a bag for each kid of stuff. And they were beautifully wrapped and um, just so much volume of stuff and bikes sitting out in the snow and we were just stunned. And my mom was like, what happened? Who is this from? We said, Santa, Santa. And she said, it was probably your dad. And we were like, what? And she said, God is magical. And your dad wanted to make sure that you had something for Christmas. This is from your dad. Okay, so I have to tell you, the first time Crystal told me this story was easily 20 plus years ago, maybe even more, maybe 30 years ago. Jeez. Um, and when she told me this story, you know, I'm this Jewish guy, but that is just one of the most magical stories I've ever had told to me one on one by a good friend. We are going to wrap up this festive extravaganza or festive, festive, festiganza. I wrote festiganza. Is that a word? Uh, it's like festivus. Anyway, with two questions, fun questions for all my guests. Here's holiday question number one. What is the single best gift you ever got as a kid? Oh, my gosh. That's a good question. I don't, I don't know that I ever had a favorite gift. The first thing that popped into my mind was this gigantic flat box and it was a chemistry set. And the funny thing about that is when I actually got to chemistry like in high school and then in college, I hated it, but I loved that present. <laughs> I'm imagining something that had a lot of recipes that included baking soda. Yeah, that kind <laughs> of stuff. And my mom was like, I don't remember, I don't even know who gave it to me. I don't think my parents gave it to me. But my mom was like, instantly, like, you're not doing any of that in the house, you know, nothing with flames. <laughs> so by the time I actually got to do some of them, I think they were all dried up and crumbling. And, but it was very cool. There were some like dye. Um, chromatography things where you put something on the edge of a piece of filter paper and dipped it in water and the colors separated. And, oh, I loved it. My uh, chihuahua, Patton. My mom got me a puppy after saying no, 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 no. And then there was one at Christmas. 
it was the Star Wars AT-AT. I, I got that. I, it must have been 81. I was huge into Star Wars as a kid. I still am. Um, and when I got the AT-AT, I was so thrilled. I remember my parents didn't want to wrap it, I guess. So they hit it. And they were like, hey, in the downstairs shower, there's a there's another present for you. And I walked in and, and there was the AT-AT. And I was so thrilled. I remember picking it up in this, like, to me, a huge box. I was nine or ten. And walking into the living room with it, just so excited about it. The Christmas Barbie doll. I was obsessed with them when I was growing up. And so I have a collection of them from, like, 1993 till now, which is pretty wild. Um, so maybe that. Every year they give me that. And it's, like, a nice little little gift that they give me that I love. I love that. And yeah. how – okay, without being too uh, invasive, how old are you now? I'm 28. So I was born in 1992. So I have I have almost every single year that I've been alive in a Barbie doll, Christmas Barbie doll. And it's they're so beautiful over the years. I can't wait to like have a big house one day and be able to put them all on display. Maybe That's I can so sell cool. it one day. But <laughs> yeah, it's cute. It's cute. I mean, I know that there's been fantastic gifts over the years and my parents are always super thoughtful and same with my, my sister and my niece. But I like that because it's kind of like a tradition and it's it's small and it's simple and it's adorable and I love it. I don't know that most people would think of this as a conventional gift, but in my memory, it's it's just it's the sine qua non of uh, of my childhood Christmas, which is that my mom, Gail, my late mom, um, would bake this astonishing gingerbread house every year. Uh, and by astonishing, I just first of all, I just wouldn't know how to do that, but it, it was also the sheer size of it. It was it filled up half of our pretty big kitchen table. Um, and, and she'd bake it. She'd solder it together with like some kind of like brown sugar that acted like glue. And then she would just put out bowls of all sorts of candy and, um, and like little, like little elf figurines and Santa and my brothers and I got to decorate it. Um, and the it just made the whole like my memory of Christmas is just that smell of gingerbread and pine, and when she wasn't looking, we'd like eat the the icing icicles off, and my mom being my mom would also bake miniature like mini gingerbread houses for each of her four siblings and drive them by their houses and leave them in their garages with like bags of candy for for my cousins to decorate. And she'd make them for my teachers. And um, and people called her the gingerbread lady. And our second holiday question is a twist on how I normally sign off with my guests. I usually ask them to tell me something good. But this time, I'm asking them to tell me something holiday good. Your questions are so good because they make you think. I should be on CBS Sunday morning. <laughs> you should. Holiday good. Oh, I have something. So each year, um, my family, and now it's uh, since we're empty nesters, it's my husband and I, we adopt a family through an organization in Philadelphia that works to prevent um, child abuse and to um, support needy families. And I was really worried this year that they wouldn't be doing that because of the COVID. And just about a week ago, I got confirmation that they are actually doing it, that they were looking for people to adopt some 
um, families in crisis who uh, they're either trying to like place in a new apartment or they're trying to support them because they've moved in with a relative or something like that. And I am so excited about shopping for them. Um, it'll probably be online shopping, but um, I, I was just thrilled to hear that because I, I really feel like that's just something I can give each year. And it feels really important to me to help an individual family in a major way. And it feels like it's going to be the highlight of the year. I would say, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. And what I mean by that is there's always hope. And I think the holidays really, even in disguise of commercialism, it still brings that out in people, that there's this respite for, or or is that the right word, respite? There, there's a feeling of settling down and just, I know we were joking about it earlier, but being quiet. You know, it's like the world kind of goes on pause for at least a day where people are like, we don't have to go to work. We don't have to, um, you know, we don't have to put our nose to the to the grindstone so hard. And it's just a peaceful moment. I love baking so much. I make bread. I, I do cakes. I do all sorts of things. And Christmas cookies remind me of my grandparents and my family. And I love making them with my sister and my niece. We all make Christmas cookies together. I love that. The Pope just came out and said that people who don't believe in God still are good people. And if you live your life according to what is right and what is wrong, that he honestly believes there's a path to heaven. And when I was a little kid going to CCD and I asked the the nun, you know, can my friends that don't go to CCD, can they get into heaven? She said, what do you think? And I said, I think they can because I have all great friends. And she said, but are you sure they believe in Jesus? Because Jesus is the door to heaven. And I said, well, they believe in God. Well, do they go to church where they believe in Jesus? I said, I don't think so. And she said, well, then they can't go into heaven. And I said, that can't be right. And she said, why not? That's what Jesus teaches us. That's what's right. And I said, but we have an all loving God and Jesus gave his only son to save us. So then why, if people didn't believe, why wouldn't he just ask them when they got up to the pearly gates, if they were sure. And she uh, wrapped me on the knuckles and told me not to talk back. So my happy little Christmas thought is at a time when um, so many of us are fighting amongst each other, I just think it's such an incredibly beautiful thing that this Pope has stood up and probably angered a lot of Catholics by saying, who are we to say when the last question, do you now believe in Jesus, comes? You know, what I'm about to say is really at the heart of, um, of so many Christmas specials that we all watched growing up, but it's so true. The, the holidays are magical because they call on all of us to believe. And 
And when you're an adult, especially when you're a parent or you're in an adult situation around kids, like I can hardly think of any other time except maybe sitting in the theater, which to me is also a kind of holiday where everyone's conspiring to believe the same thing. And that's what makes the magic real. And in marrying my husband, who did not, A, did not have a happy childhood, and B, did not grow up with all the trappings of Christmas that I did, seeing my sweet Jewish husband, like, decorate a tree for the first, like a Christmas tree for our family for the first time in his life, or be part of Santa's visit, you know, helping me eat the cookies and put out the the carrots that that Rudolph nibbled on, or you know, working with my father to to get a boot to make like you know sooty boot marks by the fireplace. Um, it, it really is a way for us all to to revisit either what we had or what we never had, and um, and and to create. And to create belief, because if we don't have that, what's anything worth? My thanks to Jillian, Laura, Dave, Faith, and Crystal for reminding us all what's good about the holidays. I wish everyone listening a good holiday season filled with good health and good happiness. Next time on World Gone Good. I was very familiar with guide dogs and mobility dogs. I had never trained one, um, but I made him a promise that we'd go on to the journey together if he was willing to take a chance on me. And he said, well, how much? And I said, nothing. We're going to do this together and, you know, go on this journey and figure out how to help you. Mary Cortani is a veteran who turned her love of animals into the healing and helping rescue that is Operation Freedom Paws. This is my Christmas and Hanukkah gift to you. And trust me, you're going to be left feeling way more than just good. You're going to be uplifted and inspired. Until then, be good. <laughs>